Welcome to Failing Forward, the podcast that gives you an exclusive look at what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur and unveils all the failures that happen along the way. Hi, I'm your host, Bethany Fiocchi Root, a seasoned marketer with over 17 years of experience crafting powerful digital marketing programs. And I have a passion for entrepreneurship. If you do too, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss anything. Today, in episode one, I talk with Chris Matheson, owner and co-founder of Summertone Productions. They specialize in events and entertainment throughout New England. If you've been to a wedding in the last 10 years in the Boston area and the band was amazing, there's a good chance it was one of Chris's bands. He's energetic, fun, and most important to me anyway, one of the kindest and most humble people I know. While he doesn't talk about it in this episode, he's been the driving force behind countless nonprofit events over the years. So he's not just a savvy entrepreneur, but also someone who genuinely wants to do good in the world. In this episode, you'll hear his passion for his business and what he's learned while building it, as well as some advice for budding entrepreneurs that you won't want to miss. Hello, and welcome to Failing Forward. Today, I have Chris Matheson, owner and co-founder of Summertone Productions. Welcome. Thank you, Bethany. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. So good to have you today. Been a while. We met at Jamvara just a few years ago. Probably 10 years ago at this point, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't make me sound so old. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive right in. So I'm so excited to hear about your businesses and your entrepreneurial journey. You are currently the owner and co-founder of Summertone Productions. Why don't you give us a a little background on what that does? Yeah. So it was kind of born during the pandemic. I have a long music background. I've been playing locally in Boston throughout New England for the last 20 years or so, you know, ranging from solo projects to wedding band stuff. When the pandemic hit, events kind of stopped. And so we had this entire pool of musicians that we work with who didn't have places to play. And so we set up what was then a virtual event company. Basically, we you know put together a bunch of different online tools that were available to us. And we connected you know live stream audiences with all these musicians that we had working with us. Yada, yada, yada. Within a couple of months, we ended up throwing Howard Stern's first ever virtual holiday party. So that was pretty exciting. That was a big win for us. Did that for a couple months. And then as soon as events started coming back in person, we were able to, you know, leverage all of the connections that we had made during the pandemic and then, you know, branch out. So we were doing in-person events for corporations, colleges, um, you know, private parties, events like that, as well as renewing the wedding business that we had started to build a couple of years earlier. So. And that continues to today where we're doing event management. We book talent for different venues and events, and we focus a ton on weddings throughout the New England area. That's awesome. That is a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a great background story. You know, I actually, I think I met you probably about 17 or 18 years ago when I first saw, I don't know if it was your first band, but Bear Fight back in probably 2007 in Boston. Yeah, that was the first iteration of Beach Nights, which is the band we have now. So that was that was a fun ride for a while. Two of the guys retired during the pandemic and so decided to kind of transition to this newer brand, but pretty much the same vibe, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a great vibe. I've heard you at a few weddings too. And let me tell you, best wedding <laughs> band I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So you said that you've been playing for about, you know, 20 years or so. Did you start out thinking that you were going to want to be like an entrepreneur and own your own business and stuff? Yes. I don't know if it was always going to be music related. I had dabbled in, you know, Photoshop and logo creation and stuff like that in college. And so I, you know, doing side hustles, you know, my entire life, pretty much. I remember in college, we were, we were burning CDs for people and charging. We were downloading songs on Napster and then burning them on a CD and charging people 10 bucks a pop or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's always been kind of ingrained in me, but the music thing is, is fairly new in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. That's great. I think everybody always dabbles in those little side hustle things mm -hmm. like that. It, it starts in you early and it just kind of grows and grows, right? Yeah. And if you can, if you can eventually, I, I guess the dream is if your, your hobby slash side hustle turns into your full-time job, then that's, that's kind of making it right. Exactly. And has, has this turned into a full-time job for you? It has. Yeah. So I was in the corporate world for a while where we met, obviously I was in marketing, copywriting for years, did startups, did big brands, went through, you know, lay, the usual corporate stuff, layoffs and pandemic hit i survived a couple of rounds of layoffs at new balance and then the third one got me so <laughs> i was uh, doing my own thing for a while got back on board with reebok after that reebok sold the company to a larger thing and they outsourced all of their marketing teams so i got caught then and i was just like you know what i i, I want to be my own boss i don't want to be at the mercy of you know corporate sales that are 10 levels above my head you know you know determining whether or not i have a job next month so by that point, and this was, you know, two, three years ago, but by that point, the music business had grown enough where I could sustain myself. So, um, turned that into a full-time thing, branched out, added a couple more bands, you know, to our core team that I managed directly and booked for, and that's it. Kind of just running the, running the wedding business by myself now. Great. That's so exciting. How does that feel to have it be your full-blown full-time job right now? It's awesome. Especially right now we're in off season. So Weddings are, are very chill from, I, I always do weddings and it's like Memorial Day to Halloween and it's crazy. And I'm gone every weekend. I'm gone nights. My wife is, you know, thankfully okay taking the kids when I'm, when I'm away. And then now we're in kind of a down, a downturn. So it's January. We really don't pick back up again until like St. Patrick's Day is when it kind of starts ramping up. And then by Memorial Day, we're in full swing for another season. So um, I do like the seasonal aspect of it. It's exciting it, you know you're non-stop head down grinding 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 for six seven eight months and then you do get that like downtime where i can like pick up the kids at school and relax and be at home and you know work on some side projects at home that i want to work on that kind of stuff so it's great i love it i love not having to worry about zoom meetings and you know if i have to go to the store i love not having to ask permission from my boss who's remote that kind of stuff so it's a uh, it's a blast i love it Oh, that's awesome. You're living the dream. Very excited for you. So let's let's rewind a little bit and go back to when you started your entrepreneurial journey and started building up your band and building up your reputation. What were some challenges or failures that you had along the way? Do you does anything pop into your mind that you could highlight for us? Yeah, I mean it was Starting out, I just did like acoustic stuff at bars. And so it was very chill, kind of got my stage presence down and figured out how to work the business that way. Um, it's been a slow grow for 20 years since then. Along the way, 
you kind of learn the pitfalls and you learn how to navigate them. So I've kind of, it was almost good that I didn't dive right in, that I got that ramp up period, really got to figure out like, okay, which types of bar managers do we want to work with? Which corporate clients are going to be a good fit? Um, and more importantly, which ones aren't and which, which gigs do we turn down because, you know, there's, there's so much red tape that it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna go smoothly the way we want it to go. You know, budgets change. You kind of, you learn how to price your product. Our product is the band and, and dates that we sell. There's only a limited amount of Saturdays in August that we can do a big wedding. Um, so you learn how to price appropriately as you go. One of the biggest pitfalls was just kind of getting in with the wrong people at certain times band members that didn't work out bar managers that didn't work out corporate clients that didn't work out that kind of stuff i'm very lucky that that's been about five percent of the journey 95 percent has been overwhelmingly positive um and i think when you start surrounding yourself with the right people um that really snowballs and so those people know the right people and those people know the right people and you expand exponentially outwards, up, down, and your network just grows and grows. And the more good people you have surrounding you, they're going to attract more good people. And so that was my biggest thing that I really learned, you know, well, five, 10 years ago. And I'm super strict about it now. Like we don't let people into the circle who are not going to, and it's been a success since then. It's great. Once I, once you unlock that thing, I feel like there's different keys that you, you have to unlock across your journey. It was the biggest one so far by far. That's great. I, I think the alignment thing that you just talked about is so important for business owners. And I've been talking to a lot of business owners lately, and that seems to be kind of the number one learning that mm -hmm. people tend to have, that once they get in alignment with their target audience and, and the people they want to work with, that things start to go smoothly from there. So sounds like the same thing happened to you. Yeah, That's for sure. Interesting. Awesome. Was there ever, did you ever have, you know, I'm thinking about if I were to ever go on stage and it would be a disaster, but did you ever have any kind of problematic gig or anything that happened where you had to think on the fly and maybe it wasn't like the best thing in the world, but you learned from it, you know, going forward? Yeah. All the time. All the time. I still get butterflies at this, you know, today, like if I had a gig tomorrow, I'd be nervous going to the gig. It's just really? part of my makeup helps me drive through it. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's different things that pop up at every possible event. You know, there's a, maybe a planner goes rogue and, you know, makes your own timeline and doesn't tell you about it. Or maybe for weddings, maybe it's the mother of the bride who's not happy with something and you got to go deal with that. And a lot of it is just, you know, putting on that customer service sales space and making sure that um, they know that you're on their team. Um, and once they know that, they tend to, to loosen up and, and be more receptive to your ideas and, you know, be more open to letting you be the expert in your, in your lane, which is great. But yeah, every show we learn something, there's always something going on, you know, it's, it's never a hundred percent smooth. So I think when you're, when you hire veterans to do that kind of work, that's where you set yourself up for success because you've got people who have navigated every possible problem that you can imagine. And with that experience comes the ability to adapt to it and change it. So. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thanks. Being a veteran does allow you that learning experience in almost anything, right? And so part of the reason that I kind of started this podcast is because I want people who are maybe just early in their entrepreneurial career or thinking about something or who have maybe tried and failed a couple times to realize that keep going. You get those learnings as you go. I mean, can you imagine if like the first time you had a gig that didn't go perfectly, if you just quit where you right. would be right now? 
people do that. I mean, that's, you know, that's just the sad reality of it is, you know, adversity affects people differently and it is easy to quit. You know, a lot of times it's easy to quit and I could have just, you know, put my head down and been like, no, I'm just going to be a copywriter and do marketing for the rest of my life. And that's it. It's also tricky, you know, not knowing when your next paycheck is coming and, you know, making sure that like being fully in charge of that instead of being a salary employee is a, is a totally different vibe than, than what a lot of people are used to. And it's scary to, to have to dive into that and not, um, not be a hundred percent certain, you know, where things are going to go. Um, but if you trust yourself and you're, you know, you trust the people that you've surrounded yourself with, that's your safety net now, instead of, you know, having health insurance to fall back on or having a weekly paycheck or whatever, you know, that network of people is, is who you rely on to, to keep life on track and keep things stable. Right. Was that one of the biggest things that you were afraid of when you were starting up your own business? Were there any other things that that put fear into your heart? That was pretty much it. Yeah. Just kind of life stability. I mean, when I started, I was in my twenties and, you know, post-college and stuff like that. So it was, you know, who cares at that point? Life is fun and, you know, everything's easy. It wasn't until I started, you know, really focusing on, you know, in my thirties, I guess, really focusing on like, okay, do I want to get a house? Do I need health insurance now? Like that kind of stuff. Um, that's when it's scary, but I've always been kind of good at just making a buck on the side to, you know, to bridge the gap there. Um, say a, a copywriting contract fell through and now I don't have money for the next two months. Like I could always pick up a guitar and go play, you know, a couple bar shows and make rent that month. So yeah, it's tricky. That's, that's the scariest part. But if you just push through and, you know, rely on people that, you know, you know, care about you and look out for you. Don't be afraid to ask for you know, mentorship or guidance or, you know, those are the kind of people that are willing to help out, you know, that'll, that'll be your safety net and that'll help you get through it. Have you had a mentor in your life that has helped you through your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, not one that I would specifically point to, but there have been people who have, you know, helped me along the way, um, you know, getting us into the industry in the Boston area. That wasn't easy to do. We kind of relied on older folks that we knew in the business and, you know, they kind of took us under their wing and, you know, other bands that had been around for 10 years when we were just starting out, they said, yeah, come hang out with us. We'll introduce you to these bars and, and you can start there. And that's really where it started growing. But one of the things we're trying to do now, my partners and I, is really give back and take, you know, that mentorship role with other bands who are struggling to make it or you know, have been just kind of grinding for so long and just haven't made that jump yet to the next level, whether it's weddings or corporate events or even just bigger bar shows. So we're really going out of our way now to kind of pay it back um, in terms of the, the people that helped us out. We would encounter, you know, I guess this is true for any industry, but there's always people who are like gatekeepers who are, you know, not willing to help out and don't want to open their network to you because they don't want you to steal their business or they don't want, you know, they don't want to put their name on your product, that kind of stuff. And we take a completely opposite approach. I think it's so vital to find the good people in your industry and in your network and help. We really took a, like a rising tide lifts all boats type of mentality to the whole thing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the way we operate now. And so was there a, a single mentor? No, but have there been dozens and dozens that have helped me in? Small ways, huge ways, absolutely. Like there's no way I could have done any of this on my own. So, yeah. I love that. Is it hard to ask for help as you go along your journey or have you gotten good at it over time? No, I think I've gotten good at it. It always comes with an apology. Like, sorry to bug you, but can you, you know, give me a couple minutes? I need to run some ideas by you. And I think, you know, 
all the virtual connection tools that popped up during the pandemic really make it easier to do it. Like you know, we use Calendly to, to set this date, right? So tools like that really help everybody navigate their own schedules and still connect at certain times when it's beneficial to everybody. So that kind of makes it a little easier. It's not as, you know, I'm not knocking on doors to, to ask for help. It's kind of like, you know, on your time, when you're ready, can you give me some advice on this? And usually it's, you know, usually the answer is yes, if you've got the right people around you. That's great. Yeah, it's it's really hard sometimes for some people to ask for help. And I mean, I've struggled with that in, in my past too, mm-hmm. and I've tried to get a little bit better at it. It takes a a little bit of fearlessness to just go out and admit that you need help with something. Yep. But do you think that's a, a good quality for an entrepreneur to have? Absolutely. It's it's vital. I We always think like someone's figured this out before. So there's some problem that we're really trying to grind on and like, can we connect, you know, this piece of software with this, you know, use case, whatever. Someone's already figured that out. So go find that someone, Google it, you know, dive into YouTube, the depths of YouTube and see if someone's posted about it. So it, like that information is usually out there. There are very, it's very rare that a new idea just pops up, right? Someone's already figured this out. Someone's already had that problem. And so if you can connect with those people or find out how they solve that problem, that's the way to go. Um, but there's a big, there's a pride aspect too, in asking for help. Like it's, it's definitely like admitting to yourself that you can't do it alone and that you need, you know, someone to give you a hand, whether it's, you know, um, a reference or, you know, just an idea or a different way to think about things. You, you have to swallow that pride and say like, okay, I do need help here. Sometimes it's good to be stubborn and say like, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to teach myself how to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely worth asking for help whenever possible. Yeah. That's great. I think that's a good piece of advice that everybody should take. Awesome. All right. Let's, let's talk about success and the concept of success. I know you kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but what is your definition of success now? And maybe has that changed at all from when you first started your entrepreneurial journey? I think so. I think it's definitely changed over the years. I think when you and I met at a company like Jambara, which was worth, you know, a couple tens of millions of dollars at that point, started by a kid in his college class. That to me was success. And I needed, I needed a business that was going to, you know, be worth 60, 70, a hundred million dollars and be able to sell it and retire at 30 or whatever. Now, different, different, different viewpoint. (laughs) To me, success is just being able to, you know, pay the bills. We got a nice place to live. I've got a car. I can help out financially. You know, if people come to me and need help, I can help them out. But it helps to have a partner. My wife is super successful as well. I don't know. came from a good background. So my parents, you know, we were, we're middle-class, like nothing crazy, but like to be able to have a happy, healthy family, you know, have a house, have a car, that kind of stuff. I go on vacation every now and then we're going to Disney in a couple of days. So like that's a huge, that's success to me. I don't need a hundred million dollars. It'd be nice, but to be able to, you know, to pay the rent, do what you like. And I think the biggest thing in this stage is I'm super proud of the fact that I can hire my friends and help them pay their bills. That to me is success that I'm a, I'm a boss now and I have employees and, you know, they come to me when they need extra money that month or, you know, they, you know, they need a, you know, we try to do yearly raises and I try to keep up with inflation and all that stuff. But like, I enjoy thinking about those problems and thinking about like the big macro level, the big picture stuff. And kind of helping, you know, 
everybody else that are, you know, a level below me in terms of just the employment structure. So that to me is success. I like being, yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it for me right now. I like that too. We do grow as we get older Mm -hmm. and things change, especially from going in your, you know, doing something in your twenties to when you get into your thirties and forties, your priorities change a little bit. And, uh, I really like that. Would you, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice who may be just starting and thinking about what success looks like or what their goals should be, do you have a piece of advice that you would give them? Yeah. I mean, find what you like, find what you're good at, and then find a way to monetize it. So, you know, like I said, somebody's already figured out how to do it. So if, if you're, you know, in my case, I guess if you want to play acoustic guitar at a dive bar, find somebody that's done it, network with them, figure out what they do, see if they'll share their business process with you. Maybe they will. Um, there's always, you know, people get sick and people lose their voice for a week. So I need someone to fill in. So I need good people who do what I do. And I guess just, you know, finding those people and and growing that network and increasing the, you know, exponentially the amount of people that you work with and that you're good, that you connect with and that you trust. Those are all huge. So just keep expanding the network, find something you like and find somebody that's done it correctly. That's great. I love your advice. (laughs) Very smart. All right. One last question. Do you have any controversial opinions about your industry or what you do that maybe, you know, nobody else in your industry holds? Or if you talk to somebody else in your industry, they'd kind of go, I disagree. That's a great question. This is going to sound weird. I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit. There are so many people in the wedding industry musicians, florists, planners, venue people who are completely jaded by the industry and, and absolutely hate being in it, but that's the path that they've, they've dug and they're so deeply in, ingrained in it that they can't get out and they're just miserable. And I'm, I'm in tons of Facebook groups with thousands of different professionals. And, um, it's funny, you'll see, you know, everybody's fine in, in May and June and then come like August, September, October, and like the dog days of summer when we're 20 weddings deep. Everyone's mad. Everyone's sick of it. Everyone's ready to quit. But I, I take a completely different approach. I just think it's, it's such a cool thing to be, you know, that's the biggest day of somebody's life. And they've trusted you to like come hang out with them and their family. That is huge to me. Like that is, that is such an honor to be able to do something like that. So insider view, like from my industry standpoint, like that's a, that's a crazy, you know, mindset. Like people just don't take that mindset as much anymore from when I started. So very happy to be able to do that. I do feel super lucky that, that we get to get dropped in the middle of that, that massive day in somebody's life every day, every week. So it's yeah. great. Nothing too controversial other than that. I don't think Conan O'Brien has a big quote and I'm paraphrasing right now, but it's basically just like, be kind to people, work hard and like amazing things will happen. And that's, we use that as kind of our company mindset at Summertone and just try to help people as much as we can. So that's, that's pretty much it. So awesome. On on my first episode, I actually ended with my guest saying a quote. So I think that's the perfect way to end this one as well. Awesome. (laughs) Love it. Yes. And I thank you so much for telling us about, you know, your learnings and everything that you've gone through and your company. It's very exciting. And I love interviewing people and talking to people who truly have a deep love for what they're doing. I mean, your, your excitement is so contagious and I just thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Congrats on the podcast. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be excitedly listening in on uh, future episodes. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. All right. Take care. You too. Bye.
it's me again. I wanted to pop in here to summarize some good points that Chris made. Number one, surround yourself with the right people. They'll be your support system. Number two, grow your network, again, with the right and aligned people. Number three, ask for help, whether it be from mentors or people who are already winning in your industry, or from good old-fashioned Google. And number four, keep going, don't give up, even when it feels like you might be failing, because that's when the goodness starts to happen. You know, I kind of like popping in here after the episode ends, so I'm going to keep doing it. Maybe it'll be to reinforce some awesome points my guests made, like this time. Or maybe it'll be to tell you a little side story, like the fact that I have Chris to thank from way back in his copywriting days at the jewelry startup company we used to work for, for my absolute favorite fantasy football team name ever, Glitz and Blitz. Or maybe it'll have absolutely nothing to do with the episode, you know, just to keep you on your toes. Either way, I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. See you next time. You got this.